Welcome to our next installment of the Rebels of the Heart virtual conference series, which has been an ongoing segment where we featured great leaders across all different areas of business, different companies, really showing the next generation of leadership and what leadership with a heart looks like in terms of rebels breaking the rules, creating new rules, and, and establishing what a healthy business and personal relationship can look like. I'm Derek Bunston, CEO of Life Guides, uh, and we're building a platform in which caring people to do extraordinary good by using technology to match people who have been through a life challenge of some sort, with those who are going through the same or a very similar experience now provide peer-to-peer mentorship support and guidance to help people be happier, healthier, and more productive in both their work life and home life and where those come together. So we're excited to welcome our latest guest, Tracy Spottenberg to Rebels of the Heart. Welcome. Hey, Derek. Good to see you again. This time virtually. Yes, this time virtually. Last time we got together was in person in New Hampshire. That was quite a fun venue that we got to hang out. It was. It was really cool. Great event. And I've been looking forward to this conversation because I know that you are very much a rebel spirit. And in fact, you know, before we had met in person, I, you know, we had, I'd seen your content talking about your rebel community of, of leaders and HR leaders and practitioners over the last couple of years. And I'm like, well, we have to, we have to be meeting here because <laughs> the overlap in our, in our work is so evident. Right. So absolutely well, why don't we start it. there. How how did the community, your rebel rebellious community come into existence? Where did that where did that form for you? So um gosh, years ago, probably more than 10 years ago now, I met a woman named Michelle Strasberger. And um she had this all of this knowledge around data and analytics that I was really trying to to learn more about in my time in my last job. And and I remembered that. And so when I left my last job, I reached out to her because I thought she'd be a natural fit. And she was, and she took over my job. We became great friends. I took over teaching for her. And, you know, we would talk really regularly. It was part of my exit package with my CEO. And then we just kept doing it and found we had a lot in common. And one of the things we had in common was we really thought of of HR in a more modern way. And I think if you're talking to somebody in a newer company, a tech company, you know, that that's second nature, but that's not the way it is in New Hampshire. It's still not the way it is. Um, some people, sure, but HR was still practiced like it was practiced when it was personnel in a lot of places. And so we thought differently. So we couldn't find the support in our local HR community that we really wanted to kind of advance the profession and to advance our own knowledge and to really you know, look toward the future of work. And so we created our own group and we called ourselves the HR Rebels. It was a lunch group that met once a month um, locally and then the pandemic hit. And then we started meeting um, virtually and helping each other out through that just overwhelming time. And then with all of the social unrest um, in in 2020, um, you know, we realized, we looked around, we're a bunch of white ladies in our forties and beyond. And so we should, you know, that's, that's kind of not really an inclusive community. So we put out a call on LinkedIn and opened it up. And now it's a diverse group of, I think almost a thousand people from um, all over the world and people join in whenever they can once a week on zoom and support each other outside. And there have been friendships and in-person meetings and jobs that have you know, happened in, in business deals. And it's it really fun to see. It's awesome. And I'm curious, what kind of topics when you meet weekly are coming, coming up? What are you talking about in this group of rebels at the moment? 
So it started out as a lot of DEI focused topics. So we had like a future Kane who um, I absolutely adore and I need to, to speak with again, it's been too long, who she did a guest, um, a guest spot um, with us. And we had, you know, different guest speakers talking about really tough issues. So we tried to tackle the things that historically as HR, we want to kind of put aside, you know, yeah. and um, we still do that certainly. And, but we source the members, like, what do you want to talk about? So it's been things like we certainly talked about hybrid work and we've talked about, you know, um, should DEI report to HR or to the CEO? And we've talked about, I'm trying to think of other topics, but you name it. So anything that's being talked about in the world of work, there's a topic of the week most weeks and whoever wants to join in that particular week joins in. And yeah. you just, there are two rules. You just have to be people first and you can't be an asshole. And hopefully I can say that. Or maybe I'll bleep it if you're not. So those are the only two guidelines. You're good. I like it. And I'm curious that one question, should DEI report to HR or to the CEO? So I think that's a great question. And I think we're still a small enough company where we don't have a, a DEI department um, at my department. And I think in my company, what I've been seeing, I've seen it all over the place. I think in general, if the company takes DEI from a company perspective, super seriously, I think reporting to the CEO makes sense because you're going beyond HR. You're going into marketing, you're going into sales, you're going into development, R&D. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. I think what the most important thing is, though, is that you move forward as an organization. Yeah. Whoever you have responsible for DEI, whatever is happening, that you move forward to becoming an uh, organization of belonging. Yeah, well said. I'm curious. So for you, um, where did your story of you know, being a rebel with a heart as a person, as a person, not as necessarily an HR leader, but kind of where is that showed up for you in your life? Yeah, I don't know if it's shown up yet, actually. So I think I'm still working on that. I think, um, I think I was really firmly kind of a traditional HR practitioner and, um, you know, I very, I grew up that way. Like, here's your form, sign this. And this is what the company says to do. So I'm going to do it and, and doing things that I was told and not questioning it. And then maybe about 10 years ago, I started to evolve that a little bit. And it, it, I work on that every single day and I'm still working on that. Um, and I don't think of myself aside from the tattoos, which shouldn't be rebellious. I don't think of myself as, as particularly rebellious, but certainly I rebel against the notion of, of HR being the compliance police and yeah. um, existing for the company. HR exists for our people. Sure. Completely agree with that statement. So I'm curious what shifted 10 years ago that you started to question your habits or your beliefs or your ways of doing things up to that point that it's and that are, you are now with intention trying things differently so I, I didn't think of it at the time but it was really uh, i was developing a growth mindset i was firmly kind of in a fixed mindset and i sort of was at a point where i looked around at my life and wasn't particularly happy with myself and how i was living and what i was doing and how i was treating people and now you ask anybody from my life at that time probably would not have noticed it. This was very sure. much an internal wow. internal shift for me. Um, people would say I was kind. I was, but I I just started to question everything I was doing and I got healthy and I lost weight and I started developing better habits and I started looking and going, you know, I don't have to be 
living this way. Like I don't have to be existing, you know, just doing everything that I was told, right? I don't have to be part of that came from I worked for a professional services firm and it was very much do as you're told or, or else. And part of that came from making that shift to a company where I really learned what good, solid, strategic HR was about. I had an incredible CEO who was a real coach um, for me. His name was Andy Greenewald, and he was just really helped me see my potential when I couldn't see it myself. Yeah, my husband as well. We used to work together, and and he would champion me and and kind of say, you know, you can do this, and don't again, no, you can do this, and and so it was other people sort of pushing me. And then I had to kind of make that transformation myself. And then once I did, I just kind of kept going and learning and growing and meeting people. And um, I'm a really deep introvert. Even now I'm like be read talking to you. And and I just tried to kind of change my life for the better. And it's been so worth it. It's beautiful. Was there was there a moment or was there a was there an uh, experience or was there something that catalyzed that for you? Like there were a few things. I think one that sticks out in my mind was I had a, a woman who was on my team at my last company and she, you know, I, I wasn't really good about giving feedback. And I think that's still something I work on. And I just figured she's doing her job, you know, well, I didn't say anything that you know, I didn't tell her she wasn't doing anything wrong. So, um, you know, I just kept going. And one day she's like, can I talk to you? I said, sure. And she comes in and I cannot imagine the courage it took her to do this. Um, mm. She shut the door and she's like, I have a problem. I'm like, oh no. She's like, it's you. I went, oh no. Well, I'm so, and I'm the person who horrified by that. And I said, well, what's going on? She's like, you never give me any feedback. I never know where I stand. I never know how I'm doing. And I, it was a huge shift for me in my personal and professional life going, you know, I was so inwardly focused that I really wasn't focusing on the needs of, of my, my, team. And um, I just completely looked at everything I did. And I'm still working on it every day, but I looked at everything I did. And she did me one of the biggest favors of my life by giving me that really difficult feedback. And is that practice? Or how do you, when you think about daily, is there, is there a method that you've been using to help refine and tune into that? Um. Not really. I try to consume a lot of content, whether that's books or whether that's, you know, LinkedIn is great. Twitter's great or articles. And, and, um, I don't practice daily intentions. I know that works for a lot of people. I don't meditate. I know that works for a lot of people. I just try to kind of be a good human. And I take a lot of the things that I've read and learned about and, and just kind of have my own practice and know that that there are things that I'm good at and things that I'm not. I know that I'm better when I have a smaller team reporting directly to me and that the larger team can funnel. I can work through a few people and funnel things better. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I learned my strengths and I learned what I'm um, not so great at. Yeah. Well, thank you for being so open and sharing these experiences, by the yeah. way. So, so especially knowing you're introvert, which I never would have imagined in a million years from our, our time or each other. Um, Howard, so back kind of bringing it, we're going back and forth, going back to the business lens and back to HR and back to the work that you da- do daily. Like, how do you see now as a result of the last couple of years and the work that you're doing in yourself and, you know, this community that you've formed and the ideas that you're integrating, how do you see HR's role really changing over the next decade? I mean, it, Things are really in a fascinating place from my perspective. What do you see? 
right? In that word. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's still a lot of work to be done in the wider world to catch up to even yeah. 2023, right? And and I don't love to like forecast the future because who the heck would have predicted a pandemic? Yeah. Um, but I hope that we continue on this you know trajectory where we're seen as business leaders and HR leaders are seen as business leaders. I had a conversation the other day with the CEO of an 1800 person company, more in the traditional space. Um, And he didn't have a CHRO. And I pushed back like, Hey, and I just have these conversations for fun. I believe because I love um, advancing the profession and he didn't have a CHRO. I said, do you have a CFO? He said, yes, I should. And I have this conversation a lot. If you have a CEO, if you have a CFO, you should have a CHRO. Yeah. You have no idea what a a business leader who specializes in people can do for your organization. And I, I think that that's, and he was great and he's totally coming around and, and woke, waking up. He's like, I wish I knew all of this 10 years ago because a lot of people have that experience of HR's benefits and compliance and paperwork and any of the other crap that you can't throw on anybody else and and particularly in smaller companies yeah but um it's really a department that can transform your organization so i hope that we keep going that way i think we'll see a lot more um things like data scientists and in hr we'll see a lot more um people focusing on uh, the psychology of people lori rudiman talked about this in her book um and talks about both of those things being true to HR being filled with data scientists and psychologists. And I, I think that we're going to yeah. see a lot more of that because we're getting into the well-being of our people yes. in ways that we hadn't in the past. And and I think we'll continue on that trajectory. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I agree. I think the, the amount of employment opportunities and new roles that will be, can be created or will be created through these last couple of years and changes that has been shown and, and personalizing the experience of benefits, personalizing mm-hmm. different cultural needs and, you know, making yep. investments in different ways. Like I think that to do that well is going to require a massive expansion of the area of, of this and, and how that contributes to the business as well and measuring that and, and experimenting with that. And um, I, I think you're exactly right. So I, I think we're in a really interesting time where, you know, what marketing was, you know, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, we're right. seeing that kind of renaissance, if you will, of HR, right? I mean, and that's even it's a question. Super like, exciting. Is, yeah. Is HR even the right title? Is, is HR even the right naming for what this is going to become? I don't think it is personally, but it, no. it's, it's what we are today. I mean, do you, do you have an idea of what it might become? Do you have, a, have you thought about that at all? You know, I don't care what it's called as long as yeah. I do care. I care. It's not called human capital. It's I, it's just no. an icky term. Um, but I don't care what it's called as long as the the art and the science of HR are woven in together. So we um, HR is very much an art and a science, and and we traditionally been really good at the art part of things, and the science part is newer. Again, a lot of people out there doing really great things, but on the whole. There's a lot of evolution that has to happen there. But we changed our team to the people team a few years yep. ago. We just felt like that was better suited to us. And um, I still I had a conversation today. I still get people asking, what is that? <laughs> and I love that, actually, because it sparks conversation. We did an acquisition a few years ago. Like, your title is chief people officer. I love it, but I don't know what it means. So it's fun to have that that conversation with people and explain what the department does. And our department really went from when I first started seven and a half years ago to 
doing those things, like the, the processing of benefits, it was very administrative. We transformed, we brought in technology, overhauled everything. Um, we've done a couple of little iterations since then, and we're getting ready to kind of blow everything up again and change it to wrap around our team's purpose of building an incredible individual people experience. And you touched on that, Derek, like that individual part yeah. is so super important that we can't create, here's your box, stick yes. in it, you you person X and person Y, here's your box. We have to create these programs that... Yeah. Um, people can kind of self-select into depending on where their interests lie and their career goals lie. Yeah. So to that point, kind of getting kind of more practical, how are you seeing leaders, you know, CEOs, CFOs, more, the more traditional business process, you want to call it, not more traditional, but they, but they have an established way of doing business, right? You're now advising them on evolving that. How are you seeing that being received, that and, and how is that changing the way that you're doing business, if you will? Yeah, I think, you know, I, my full-time job at the Granite Group and, and my CEO is amazing. So, so we very much have a collaboration and sometimes he'll be like, well, yeah, you know, that's not going to work. And so we're like, all right, you're the CEO. And sometimes he's like, didn't think of that. And then great. And so I challenge him and we have the, it took a long time to develop, but we yeah. have a really good relationship. And when I get the occasion to do a, a you know, a speaking event or when, Somebody gives, like in this case of the person I referenced, the CEO, my name, like this is, you need to know what, what good HR, modern HR looks like. Um, I take that opportunity to talk and I'm finding now CEOs being receptive. I'm, I, for the most part, I'm finding, I'm, this is just totally anecdotal, but I'm finding that sometimes CEOs are having a hard time knowing where to go to get the information. Um, particularly in more traditional spaces, um, but that they're really receptive to talking about, you know, what their organization could look like with a modern HR department. I think that's phenomenal news and needed, and I think it's going to continue to evolve. And I'm glad that you and people like you are doing this work. So Tracy, how can our audience connect with you, learn more about you, learn about your community? You know, just let us know how we find you. Yeah, I think I'm the only Tracy Sponnenberg on LinkedIn. So pretty easy to find me there. And I'm at Tracy with an IE, Tracy Spawn on Twitter and Instagram and Peloton and Clubhouse, which I'm not on anymore, but I used to remember Clubhouse and uh, wherever else I, I keep that. So um, I'd love to connect with new people, particularly new people passionate about, um, you know, changing HR for the better. Amazing. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your heart, your rebellious spirit. I like to, I like to see how it continues to evolve and we appreciate your time. Thanks, Derek. <laughs>